Alright, so I thought I'd do one of these because it's been quite a while since I did one and yeah, I, mean, I was going to do a short story post this weekend but uh, I keep adding more and more to it so it's just ending up a bit more complex than I thought it was going to be so it's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks um, so yeah, I, I suppose a couple of live things first before I get into what I was going to bang on about in this po uh, podcast uh, yeah, I got a new chair, so there's no squeaky stuff going on. I'm trying to rustle around in it now. It's, there's no, as you can see, there's no squeaky noises. Part of me is a bit sad about that, to be honest, because I was enjoying the squeak factor, but that is now gone, and I now have to try and figure out what to do with the chair. Um, I don't know. I'll, I guess you can't just chuck them in the bin, that's the thing. I'm just trying to figure out what to do with it, because it is quite bulky. I've just put it in my man cave for the time being. Uh, I might just take it into the street on Saturday morning and burn it to the ground or something like that as a, some sort of um, satanic ritual, maybe. I suppose that's what it would come across as, yeah. So I'll do that. And, and the other thing is, oh yeah, i got a pet hamster as well. That was the other thing. Who is, I can hear him rustling around now. That's Murray, who's four months old. He's a Syrian hamster. He's black and white. If you follow my Instagram feed, this is a plug for my Instagram feed, which is mainly just pictures of architecture in Manchester. But, um, and hamsters now. So yeah, you can see pictures of him on there, and he's cute, so let's, let's have a look at him. So yeah, that's kind of life news done, and now I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go on about sort of food, British food, English food, because I've been doing quite a lot of English posts on Professional Moron recently, just to, I don't know, it just came around by accident, I just started writing these things about a year ago, and then it morphed into this series of posts I found very interesting to write, and if you've not found it interesting, then tough, but I found it interesting. Uh, so things like, I think the first one I did was fish and chips, which is like a most rustic, hearty comfort food, dodge, uh, British food you can get. Um, and then there are others, beans on toast, Sunday roast, chip butty, pies and pasties, Lancashire hot pot, bangers and mash, sausage rolls, crumpets, scotch eggs, shepherd's pie, black pudding, toad in the hole, bread and butter pudding, battenberg cake, mushy peas, baked beans, and then, if you read Professional Moron pretty regularly, you'll notice that I go on about Marmite a lot, and Bovril to a lesser extent, but mainly Marmite. And so, I think I'll address the Marmite uh, matter first, just because I am, probably do go on about it a bit too much, but I was been re repurposing quite a lot of my old blog posts recently. From Bear in mind, I've been doing this thing from since 2012. Um, yeah, so I went back and updating some of my old posts to make them search engine friendly and noticed that I was just this 26, 27 year old me rambling and ranting about Marmite and baked beans. Almost 10 years later, what am I going on about? 36 years old, exactly the same thing. As so I feel it's fairly predictable that in another 10 years, I will still be going on about Marmite and all that sort of stuff, which is uh, good. It's good to be consistent, at least I suppose that's what I'm aiming at here. Yeah, so it's, uh, well, you can read all about those on the blog, those recipes I've just reeled off. Um, but I think for me, the more interesting thing is the sort of the psychological issues sort of people have with food. I'm sure it's the same all over the world. But English people, I grew up around in particular up north, northwest of England, Lancashire, and Greater Manchester. And Manchester, uh, almost everyone I've met, everyone my age, my peers, if you will, just everyone has had a problem with vegetables, mainly guys mainly guys my age, just having a serious issue with eating fresh veg, just not being capable of understanding why they should do that and just not doing it as a result, to the point where it's astonishing they've not died of scurvy. 
it's um, you know, I just the amount of them I know who are just like this is like when I was at uni, when I was living with people, like one of my mates, one of my housemates at uni. Um, uh, I'll give him a fake name. What, what should he be called? Bernard. Bernard would like eat um, Frosties, those cornflakes covered in sugar. I know cornflakes are covered in sugar anyway, but Frosties with the extra sugar. He'd have them with whole milk and he'd tip sugar on top of it. And he'd sit there in his underpants eating it in the morning. And it was just quite the sight, you know. It was, yeah, he refused to eat, but he just didn't eat vegetables. And then his, uh, the other housemate was um, another fake name Cuthbert. Let's call him Cuthbert. Yeah, Cuthbert would eat, um, you know, he liked baked beans. He was really from Yorkshire, he's from Leeds. But he just refused to eat vegetables. He once tried to eat a carrot in front of me. He almost vomited. Just like a genuine reaction. Like, there's something, what is wrong with you, mate? Um, but at one point he came through, because he'd eat baked beans, of course. Uh, baked beans, which is a legendary student food in England. It's probably elsewhere in the world as well. But he came through and he asked me, you know, are, are baked beans vegetables? James is the other housemate. That is his real name, actually. He won't mind. Uh, James said... Baked beans are real. Are they re are they really vegetables? And it's just like yeah. And another occasion, he texted me saying, "How do you boil an egg?" It's just like this is twenty one year old lad. <laughs> but God bless him. He was a lovely, lovely chap, and still is. Um, yeah. So just that constantly with all my friends, every single friend I had, just had this horrific issue with eating vegetables. And I think they just really aligned with. You know, all the sort of traditional English foods and you know, like pies, pasties, ch chips, crisps, eating a bag of crisps if you're hungry for a snack, just shove a packet of crisps down your face. Why not? I think it's part of just because of that sort of sense of familiarity, maybe. I don't know. Um, people just don't like, up north, don't like breaking out of their, um, you know, safety blanket, if you will. Just want to. Just what, what do I know that's nice? Friday night, let's get some fish and chips and watch the TV with gravy. Or you can have a Manchester caviar on top, which is mushy peas, uh, mushy green peas. Very nice. Um, not that I'm going to go to any of these foods, by the way. This is like you know, all these foods I've been listing on the website. You know, they're all very nice, all very tasty. But it's just that kind of uh, variation, variety in life. That's important. You, know, just, yeah, you can have a scotch egg and dip it in Marmite. And yeah, that's lovely. Uh, actually, that probably wouldn't be nice, but, you know, I don't know black pudding, which is weird, which is pig's blood from, you know, fried. Or haggis up in Scotland, which is the heart, lungs, liver, and spleen of you know, a sheep boiled in its stomach. And that's, yeah, there you go, that's your dinner. Uh, so, well, yeah, Scotland also does deep-fried Mars bars, which is about as healthy as it gets. And, you know, it's just a thing in Scotland. <laughs> so, I mean, it's that... Like I said before, familiarity, a sense of tradition, like fish and chips. I know from doing some of these posts that fish and chips came about, became such a popular meal during World War Two, because fish and chips are easy to come by uh, and they were cheap. So that just everyone was just eating fish and chips because you know London was getting, well, the whole country was getting bombed by a certain political leader and yeah, there we go. And after that, in the years, decades afterwards, it's just become a English staple, and then since then it's morphed into something else entirely as a national icon. Fish and chips. Go to England, have some fish and chips. So I think it's quite difficult to say which is the most iconic English meal. Maybe if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with fish and chips, to be honest. It's just so 
British in every single way. And one thing that's strange about it is Brit a lot of English people I know hate fish and would say they don't eat fish. I had a colleague of mine uh, in an old job about five years ago. He said, you know, I hate fish, I eat fish. Oh, except fish and chips, prawn cocktails, fish fingers. And he just started listing all these stuff that involve fish in. So, yeah, you do like fish, mate. But it's that kind of... Just finding comfort in comfort food, I suppose. And, and well, I suppose, why not? It's been there all your life. Uh, I had some figs recently, for instance. I got a food delivery and there were some fresh figs in there, so I had the figs and it immediately reminded me of, uh, like, 90, early 90s when I was a kid. I used to love eating these fig biscuits. Uh, I really love them. They're amazing. So I had a memory to that, uh, which was fun. Although figs, weird. When you eat them, when you, you open them up and they have Look inside the flesh. It's like something from Alien. It's really quite creepy looking. Very tasty though. Very good for you. Now I've left curries off as well actually because curries are a very big deal in England. Um, it's, just, you know, it's been in inherited by England as a national dish really. Even though you think of it as India. You know, people eat a lot of curry and stuff. And pizza. Pizza is very popular. Um, McDonald's. Uh, so you can get England. Growing up in England is very much like an extension of being in America quite a lot of the time. Because it's all these American stores everywhere, and uh, growing up, you know, just all the films were, were from America, you know, Hollywood. So you just get this overwhelming sense of burgers and that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is my typical sort of meandering post. I've not really made a point, but I've just rambled incessantly for the last well, almost 10 minutes now but very much in the style of why I run this blog there isn't really a point to any of it it's just because uh, yeah well there's a couple of things I wanted to mention as well with Marmite um, well not Marmite, Marmite Bovril and cheese tea that was the other thing I've been going on about cheese tea quite a lot recently I'm freaking people out with it with this concept and if, when was it at the end of April I finally got around to getting some I went out to Ohio Tea in Manchester City Centre and had myself a cheese tea, a uh, jade black tea with cheese foam on top. And for anyone wondering what what the hell, I think people when people hear cheese tea, they immediately think of this. Uh, this isn't a British thing, by the way. This was invented in China recently. But they think, I don't know, they picture some tea with like someone slopping some a bit of brie in it or something like that. And it's not like that. It's like having a, you know, what they call cappuccino with foam on top. Just, you know. Um, or you know, coffee with some whipped cream on top. The cheese is kind of like whipped cream. That's what it tastes like. It's not like having some tea with brie in it. It's actually it's nice. It's not good for you, obviously. It's just you might as well just have a coffee with some cream in it. But a novel idea, and it's taken over China. It's very popular because it's very tasty. But uh, and it just has a nice swing to it, doesn't it? Cheese tea. I actually did a post on it back in 2015. This is a joke as a you know, cheese tea and it wasn't invented then so I could have come up with it and like taken over the world which is a shame it didn't happen uh, but yeah I'm kind of glad it's a thing now and you'll you know check your no local cafe but yeah a trendy cafe it's got to be but check your trendy local cafes and you'll find some cheese tea and um, yeah so that's that I kind of uh I've been working all day it's almost eight o'clock now so I'm a bit tired sleepy uh, so what was I? I kind, of, I kind of feel like I've covered some vital ground in this podcast, just covering British food and what to expect if you get here. Um, yeah, so 
Oh, I've just remembered a few more, actually. I paused the podcast ever. Yeah, uh, Yorkshire Pudding, of course. I think I mentioned that. That's kind of like a ton hole thing. But, yeah, Spotted Dick. That's another dessert. Fisherman's Friends. These are all sort of very strange, often pungent or oddly named, um, essentially comfort foods. I think full English breakfast, I think. I think it's really a toss-up between fish and chips and full English breakfast for what's the most iconic British meal or maybe of Sunday roast so probably those three but like full English breakfast uh, I used to work in a pub in Manchester City Centre like in 2008 and um, yeah people would come in in the morning and order their full English breakfast but the one healthy thing on the whole thing was like a fried tomato like if you want to, the healthiest thing you can do with a tomato by the way is cook it because it releases uh, I think it's called lysopin yeah, that's correct. Uh, lysopine uh, is a potent antioxidant found in tomatoes, but you have to cook them to get that out of it. And that's why cooking tomatoes is always a good idea. You get the extra health benefits. But yeah, so that's the healthiest thing on the whole, obviously, on the whole of a four-inch breakfast, which is usually like two sausages, baked beans, fried mushrooms, which will pretty much fry them so that no nutritional content, some hash browns or grits, if you want to call them that, bacon, black pudding, and some mashed potato. And then people asked uh, when I was at the, they always asked when I was in the pub, it's just like, oh, can you take the tomato off? And it's just, well, why do you want the tomato taking off? And it's just, well, I'm, I'm allergic to tomatoes, they would say. They'd always come back with that line, which of course you can be allergic to tomatoes. But my thing at the time was, well, if you're allergic to tomatoes, you'll need the baked beans taken off because it's got a baked bean based sauce, uh, tomato based sauce. And so that I've just been a petulant 23-year-old and being a bit hoo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> but yeah, I think it doesn't quite work like that. I think something like, because it's such a base level of tomato in the baked beans, it doesn't really kill you or something like that. But I think most of the time it was just these, given how fussy, fussy eaters British people are, I think it was them just having a bit of a fuss about, I don't, I don't eat vegetables, <laughs> type of thing. Which is very, very common here. Which I suppose is the point of my this podcast there's a very set because uh, I'm kind of coming to the end of these f- English food posts now because I'm sort of running out of stuff I can write about so I might take it into a more um, up, you know global thing um, there is actually an excellent I follow Atlas Obscura which is a really brilliant uh, curiosity website which you should all be following um, but they've done a spin-off called uh, gastro obscure which is about global strange global foods which i just find fascinating really kind of, especially the really weird ones like you consider scotch egg really weird yeah i mean it is weird when you look at it but it's just become the norm like i said familiar allergies i think um but yeah so that so i might well i'll be reviewing that later in the year anyway the book review but so i might sort of lean towards that i don't want to take what they're doing and sort of spin into something else but I, they're not doing the history of things that's the thing i find it interesting just where these things come from uh, so that's been the whole point and so yeah that very set period set amount of common british foods if you come to england you'll just have you'll come across these things everywhere uh, of course you can go to like french restaurants or you know to suit your restaurant or something but if you go to an english pub in the countryside like in with and i you'll get a pie some beans and a pint and that's about as British, British as it gets um, and then they'll play the national anthem so yeah alright I think I prattled on a little bit too much here 
15 minutes, well done if you've managed to stick with me, and I probably didn't make much sense to that because I do realise, well, it is all, I am tired today. And uh, this just generally how my brain works anyway, just I like meandering and covering different topics in a stream of consciousness style. So, thank you very much, have a good weekend, tatty bye. <laughs>